Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is gay health. Yes. I'm glad you shuffled forward before I had to yell at you. <laughs> I like to be like six feet away from the microphone and just like for dramatic whisper effect. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just slowly crawl closer yeah. as the episode goes on. Um, so, yeah. So, when I got here today, Sean and I were um, chatting with Sean's roommate, and she had had some interesting medical experiences lately. And we just got on the conversation of doctors or nurses saying awkward things to you and how a lot of those experiences for us are partially because we are lgbtq plus yeah so i think like for anybody going to the doctor or you know dealing with medical stuff can be uncomfortable or awkward but it's like a whole other layer when you're queer yeah but before we get into that we want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons and this is actually the first time we are recording since our first patron event because last week's was pre-recorded so um i'm really excited that it that we did it and it went well. We yeah, had it was so, so much fun. fun. Like Sean and I. So basically, for those that are just tuning in, or like, what the fuck are we talking about? On our Patreon, Always, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on our Patreon, um, we held a patron-only little mingler trivia night over Zoom, um, and for us, it was just so cool to be able to chat like face to face, Zoom face to face. Um with so many folks that listen to the podcast and it was such a fun night. We did it on a Thursday and it like ended up lasting. We said we were, it was gonna be an hour and it ended up being like two hours and we had to cut it off because we're like we're probably annoying at people at this point. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I could have kept going though. I was having a blast. Yeah the wild thing is also though that um we we're in our time zone, obviously, yes. and we are, like, basically as far as this time zone can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were people even out east that if it was 8.30, it was 11.30 for them. Yeah. And we were like, more gay trivia! And they're like, shut the fuck up, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely next time we'll be more mindful of time zone. <laughs> yeah, next time, like, I think we did it at, what, like, 7 o'clock or something? Yeah. We're going to try and do, like, a midday Saturday little, like, or, like, a midday Sunday, like a Sunday fun day. So that, Sunday brunch. Yeah, so that for the people that, like, are in our time zone or are in, like, eastern Canada or United States where it's, like, three hours ahead, that still works. But yeah. then for people that are in, like, Europe and stuff, they can come. Because we had a few folks come that were from Europe and literally staying up to, like, four in the morning. Yeah. Like, crazy. So we're so appreciative to all of our um, patrons who support us. And it was so nice seeing some of you be able to make it to our first trivia night. And um, if you are interested in becoming a patron and joining us for our next one and also getting access to bonus episodes, all that good stuff, you can go to our Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast and click the link in the bio or on Patreon.com, search I Can Explain Podcast. And um, also a huge special shout out to Aiden, Olivia, Liz, Serena, and Kate. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And uh, we're looking forward to meeting more of you Zoom face to face in, you know, a month or two. And maybe real face to face when the world <gasps> opens up. Can we start up. <laughs> manifesting like a I can explain meetup? Let's start manifesting the end of a global pandemic and then we can work and on then the meetups. Yeah. Meetup. yeah. I just think that would be so fun. My favorite um, pancake panorama thing I uh-huh. saw was somebody saying Pandemi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. And I really loved that. Mm-hmm. So That's amazing. Yeah, I feel 
feel like we, I feel like, yeah, we can hope for the, you know, health of the world. Yes. And then maybe, um, maybe a, I can explain meetup will follow. Yeah. A meetup tour. Worldwide oh my God. Yeah. Tour, where we just go to everyone individual's hometown. Yes. <laughs> and just meet them yeah, one like by b- one. Yeah, the final bachelor dates. <laughs> You've made it to hometowns. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take us a few years. Yeah. But, but we we'll... will personally visit. Yes, yes, um, yes. Your house. Your childhood closet. <laughs> so we can come out of it with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, gay health. Mm-hmm. It's like health is a weird thing when you are queer Mm -hmm. because first, I don't know how it works in other parts of the the globe, obviously, but in Canada, North America, I think for the most part, um, you kind of inherit a doctor. Yes. You have a family doctor, mm-hmm. that's what they call them here at least, which your parents went to. Yes. And then you basically take them over and they die at some point <laughs> and you get shifted to someone else you've never met. And I'm yes. saying this out of complete experience. <laughs> Mine has passed on RIP. Yeah. And my boyfriend's, I think, either re- it's either death or retirement. Yes. And then you're just switched to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, you don't really question it. You don't have any say. It's just like your mm-hmm. files you're Shifted, go. you go meet this stranger. Yeah, someone takes over their like black book, basically. Yeah, and then you keep, and then the process keeps going. Death or retirement, new doctor. Family doctors in Canada actually like sell their practices. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of industries actually do that in Canada, but basically like you know these family doctors have built up like however many clients. So then there'll be someone like fresh out of medical school, and they'll be like, I want to retire. Yeah. Do you want to take on my practice? And then these people that otherwise would have like no clients just get a bunch of clients. Yeah. And so because of how the system is set up, you don't really have a lot of say. Obviously, you have the full ability to find your own Mm -hmm. family doctor and switch. Nearly impossible. No one's ever taking anybody. No. It's so hard to get a new family doctor and then also add in the layers of like you're getting this person that knows nothing about you, doesn't usually Mm -hmm. for the most part know anything about medical history, anything. Your medical history, but also like you being queer, Mm. doesn't know the intricacies, doesn't know a lot of the time like you're getting an older doctor, like even if they're familiar with queer issues like their language could be off there's just so many layers to it it's like Mm -hmm. intergenerational there's so many things that they don't know that you don't know it's just like Mm -hmm. uh, it can be an absolute like clusterfuck tornado so my first family doctor was a very old man and when I say that I mean I think when I went to him as a child he was like 70 (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. he was, he had chosen to not retire because he was just going straight for the death landmark. <laughs> Doesn't that stress you out, too? Because you're like, things have changed in medical school since totally. you Totally, yeah. Because I, I'm like, what do you not know? Like, how many how many courses have you updated your knowledge on yeah. here? <laughs> so, yeah, and he, I'm also like, don't they force you to retire at some point? Because it seems like doctors kind of just choose not to. They just don't, I don't think. Yeah, so that was my first family doctor and then he passed on and my file got shifted to this new family doctor and there's a very interesting dynamic between me and my family doctor I'm obviously not going to say who they are or give anything towards Mm -hmm. it but I go to the same family doctor as my family still they like took our whole file over so it is me I think my dad has a different doctor actually Mm -hmm. I almost guarantee that because I don't think 
he goes to her. Anyways, but it's me, my mom, and my sister all go to the same doctor. Yes. And my mom and my sister have had complete opposite experiences with this doctor. Right. And this doctor is like <laughs> a chic, old, waspy woman. Okay. Like, yeah. comes into the the doctor room while uh-huh. you're waiting in like a Gucci belt, like <laughs> oh like God. Louboutins, yeah. like full oh full experience. So usually, I think it is hard for a lot of gay men or queer people to relate or feel comfortable with their doctor. Mm-hmm. However, there's this weird <laughs> connection that waspy white women have with gays. Yes. Because she is incredibly sweet and helpful to me. Mm-hmm. However, my sister and mom yeah. are like, it's like pulling teeth to get her to do really? anything. Like yeah. They were like, we will want to get like a test done or something and she just won't, won't like do it. Do it. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm disclosing too much about doctors. I don't know how that works. But yeah. anyways, um, so <laughs> Yeah, there's like a weird thing that somehow this has aligned for us that she's incredibly helpful like very like very caring to me yeah and it's odd that that is that way yeah but i know that there are a lot of situations that are not that way and i know you have some of them yes <laughs> so i had this a similar experience also like that... are we just breaking like patient confidentiality right now no <laughs> okay. if we're talking about our own fucking experiences I we, can, we can works. talk about them all we want <laughs> She definitely has the money to sue me, too, so. <laughs> With her Gucci yeah. Um No, so I had, like, my family doctor growing up was the woman who birthed me. Right. Right? Like, my mom. Your mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, caught me or whatever, right? Like, what do they say? She was down the field. They literally the... say, I think they say caught the baby. Like, I literally think that's the term. I don't know. I, I, don't, try, I don't listen to a lot of babies. Right yeah. <laughs> she was at the end of the cannon. <laughs> so, yeah. So, literally, this woman, like, knows me from literally the first second I'm born. Like, yes. she weighed me the whole thing. Um, As I got older, you know, like, when you're a kid, you just go to the doctor, whatever, they the regular checkups. But as I got older and started going to the doctor alone, that's when the problems started because my opinion of this doctor is that they fucking suck. (laughs) Um, You said confidentiality? (laughs) Who? Hey, I'm not saying who it is. Yeah. Um, So, basically, like, she was very, like old school in methods yes and also in my opinion actually like breached a lot of things of what she was supposed to do like there would be occasions where i would go by myself like i remember one time i think the first time i went by myself i had a yeast infection so i was like freaked out i didn't know what a yeast infection was yeah and like my vagina was like fucking on fucking fire yeah. and i was like oh my god and you google that it's like oh you're you're gonna die tomorrow so listen i, I will say one thing about gay health as an overriding thing yes get off WebMD. oh god because yes. everything ends in cancer Indeed. every yes. single avenue ends in cancer you have two weeks to live like like actually <laughs> yes. i'm like news it on chin they're like you're you've dead you died You've yeah, passed You've on. Your, your ghost is on WebMD. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so and I'm pretty sure, like, and once again, my reality, I was like probably like 13, so it might be a little skewed. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure she legit like 
called my mom oh. and like and like gave her the results. Like either way, she disclosed enough that I remember being wildly embarrassed because yeah. she was supposed to call for the result with the results. And I had told my mom I was going to the doctor for like something else, right? Because I was not a yeasty, not a yeasty. Yeah. And it's just one of those weird things. Like when you're a young kid, you feel embarrassed about anything happening about your body. So yeah. like that can feel like now I'd be like, oh, I got a fucking yeast infection. But like at the time, that was like something that like I felt really like embarrassed about. I didn't know what was going on with my body. Like, yeah. um, in a way, you have to be like brave enough to like go in and even talk to a doctor about totally. it. Like I remember being scared shitless. I thought she was gonna like judge me. I thought like something was wrong with me. Like all these things. And so then she, like, told my mom, like, oh, tell her, like, it's all clear just by this ointment or whatever the fuck. And my mom was like, oh, what's going on, like, Brie? Like, she said you need to She's buy like, this. She's your daughter has a yeast <laughs> infection. <laughs> and I remember just being, like, so humiliated and, like, sobbing my eyes out. Yeah. And, like, it's one of, again, like, looking back, like... It w- was it a big deal? No. But should she have said that? Absolutely not. Like, no. it's literally a breach. Like, yeah. you cannot give that health information up um so that's like kind of when the like problem started and then it was like maybe like two years later i think it was 15 and i had started my period and my periods are we're really getting into it with the oh health. yeah i've caused off you've got a wide infection. Sack vagina and a heavy flow. <laughs> let's do this first i had a yeast infection now we're gonna transition into first period <laughs> I bet a lot of these people are really happy they tuned in for Freeze Medical oh, don't History. Don't worry, episode. I'll get into some good, good fucking doctor stories later. So, so anyways, my. So I'm just bleeding profusely out of my pussy no, hole. Like, it's actually like sad because I was like 15 and I would try and do like dance classes and I couldn't get through a 45 minute dance class without like bleeding everywhere despite using like tampons and pads. Oh my god. And like two pairs of underwear and I would still like leak and I like insane amounts right so it was like I would be just like so sick I had like crippling cramps like I would not be able to go to school for two days like I had really bad periods so my mom actually like researched for me like different ways to help like with that and at that point even like there's a whole lot of new research now that like you know with naturopaths and stuff they can help you with those sorts of things yeah um that wasn't there before so before the kind of the only option was deal with it or go on birth control because birth control noticeably lessens the period right so my mom was like like i've the only thing that you could do that i've found is to go on birth control like you should go to the doctor and like ask her about it and i remember just feeling so relieved that something was gonna help me yeah and i was like in no way sexually active at active but i was still like obviously the like stigma of being like 15 i was nervous to like even bring it up and ask about it and i was like i thought she was gonna shame me once again so like i went and she refused to give me birth control she did not so i went in i explained why i needed it which, once again, I want to preface this by saying there should not be any reason that you should tell a teenager that they can't have birth control. Yeah. Like, that alone, like, if I had gone to, like, a board or something, I literally don't think she would have her license with half the shit she did to me. Right. Uh, because, like, you've already breached contract. That'd then you have episode. someone going, oh, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> then I, I have gone in and I've asked for birth control, which, let's be real, even if I was lying, I wasn't, but even if I was lying for the reason, you have no right to not give me birth control. Absolutely. That's, like... Like, what? Like, it's free at clinics for teenagers. They're trying to teach about safe sex. So, 
she literally told me a type of tampon to buy that she thought was somehow going to solve my problem of literally wearing like having like the biggest tampon I could find and like the biggest pads and literally doing everything besides wearing a goddamn diaper like and she thought it was the issue was the type of tampon I was using right and then so I went and bought this other type of tampon and I went back again and she was like "Mm, I just don't think you should go on birth control she didn't give me birth control. So then I went to it and I was so humiliated. Oh I didn't God. even tell my mom because I was like so humiliated because like yeah. I could tell her reasoning was that I should just like not be having sex. And so like I didn't want to tell my mom because then I thought my mom would, would think, think I was that, having yeah. sex because she would think like, well, why is she not giving it to you? Like sh- such a shame spiral for a 15 year old girl who's like dealing with this. Yeah. And then, so I just ended up going to the clinic with, like, one of my friends who was on birth control because she was sexually active and getting it for free from the clinic. Yeah. And then, like, weirdly, like, hiding it from my mom and, like, stuff like that. And then eventually my mom found out and was like, we're going to the doctor and just getting you a prescription. Like, this is stupid. Literally. Because they would only, at the clinic, give you, like, like, one pack. Like, one pack. So eventually I got on it from her. And then fast forward to... um, Another one wonderful time I went in. This was like the last straw because there's like a whole other I could go on for ages about this doctor. But for a lot of years, I would just go to random walk-in clinics yeah. and get like paps or like anything I needed to because I just didn't want to go see this doctor. Like, I just which felt, is like so which fucked is up. so fucked yeah, up. You should to, like not be avoiding the person that's supposed to know like, your what yeah. and knows your medical history and stuff like that. And like as you said, I would call all the time, and I know we can't complain here because we have like free medical health and stuff like that. Yeah, but I would call every doctor's office to try and get a new doctor couldn't not find it's one. so hard it was impossible so i would just go to walk-in clinics and like get what i need to get done and then i needed to go to her because i wanted to what was i going to her for oh i wanted to see because i was going to start researching for later in life <laughs> let everyone know who's listening don't start spreading a rumor that i'm trying to get pregnant right now i uh, this was like th- maybe three years ago okay i wanted to know because julia and i were talking about how eventually we want to have a kid yeah and when you are two people with uteruses and not sperm readily available tends to be a little hard yes and you have to a lot of times financially plan in advance like we needed to we wanted to go in and talk to someone and get the number so that we would meant when we are ready we've prepared for it we do all the the things that we need to do and we that's what we wanted to we just wanted to talk to someone about it because the ball rolling yeah because also the other thing is is like a lot of people you know that have infertility troubles they don't expect it to happen when you're in a heteronormative relationship yeah right so that's not something that is exclusive to queer folks but the difference is is like we know we're gonna have to yeah, go yeah we do have infertility IVF. issues <laughs> yeah, like, in some like, very we obvious are form infertile <laughs> yeah to the get two of us together as a unit <laughs> yeah. so like we know we are going to have to pay copious amounts we know we're gonna have to potentially get like egg retrieval we know we're gonna have to do all these things so like we want to know like what does that look like where do we stand is it gonna be cheaper if if we get like egg retrieval now and when we're younger and then like freeze them and then do it that way or should we just wait like we just wanted answers because we didn't want to get to the point where we were ready and then go oh wait we know nothing about this yeah and we wish we had known that four years ago so we could have planned for that to have 30 grand yeah (laughs) you know like it's fucking insane so so i went to her because uh the clinics here who that specialize in those things 
Um, the one we went to actually is called Olive Fertility, and it was fantastic. So highly recommend it. Very queer friendly if you're in area. And um, but I needed a basically like a, a referral, a referral yeah. from the from my family doctor. So I went in to see her, like booked an appointment and whatever, and literally like asked for a referral. And she was like, oh, well, why do you need that? Like, are you trying to have a baby right now? And I was like, well, no, I'm not trying because I'm in a gay I'm relationship. Gay. <laughs> First You're like, I am trying, but something's <laughs> not adding up. First, actually, she shamed me when I walked in the door for not being to the doctor in years. And I said, oh, I have been to the doctor. I just haven't been coming to yeah, you. Yeah, I just hate your guts. And I was literally like, I was ready at that point. Because like you, when I was younger, I was very like subdued. And oh, I was just now like, it's I, gloves I was are ready. off. Yeah. I was like, I just don't feel, didn't feel comfortable after some experiences coming to you for a while. But I need to come to you for this. Yeah. Um. So it's on record. And she was like. Oh, well, well, well. Anyways. And then, so I asked Fess, and she's like, oh, well, are you trying to get pregnant? And I was like, no, not currently. She's like, well, why would you need to go there? And I was like, well, I'm in a uh, relationship with a woman, and we need want to plan for the future. Yeah. And she literally goes to me, okay, well, when you are ready to have a baby, I can refer you. Oh, my God. Please L- tell me this is not your family doctor still. No, thank okay. God. <laughs> so let's keep in mind let's keep this in mind that uh, this woman that this is not going to affect her in any way shape or form referring me she's yeah. not gonna have to do any sure. work yeah. i've explained why i need to even though we're not ready to get pregnant right now and she's literally like said no so like, i walked out there without no. a referral so then i went i was crying like sobbing i felt so disgusted like yeah. i hated that i gave her another chance and i walked into a walk-in clinic like i drove like literally like three blocks to another clinic walked in walk in guy doctor who i've never fucking met before in my life goes oh what are you here for and i said oh well my girlfriend and I want to kind of plan for the future and, um, you know, I need a referral to go to talk to all of fertility. And he goes, Oh yeah, no problem. That's awesome. Congratulations on starting planning for that. Wild. So positive. So nice. He goes, Oh, that's so cool. Wait, wait, good for you guys for starting to look into that. I understand it can be like, uh, quite the expensive thing too. So I like best of luck to you guys. Like congratulations on like the next planning for the your future. Or whatever. Yeah. So nice. I was in and out in like three seconds. I was in her fucking office for like 20 minutes trying Fighting, to convince yeah. her <laughs> and literally walked around. I'm like, how easy? No sweat off that guy's back. How easy was that fucking that? It's just so, so cr- I Literally, I've thought about it and I literally think she's a bigot because I'm like oh, looking I'm back at like, those she vibes. wouldn't give me birth control. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, she thought I shouldn't be having sex and that's why I wanted it. As yeah. if that's like a doctor's right to. And then she weirdly wasn't giving me and my partner the allowance to go plan to have a kid. Is her practice in like a church? Like, yeah. It's actually church based. Yeah. So that was the last time I saw her. I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Good. Like, done and it was weird like the universe aligned for me because like I said I had I was on I'm on every fucking waiting list in in area right. in drivable area yeah. and I just literally like the I want to say three weeks after that was driving through Lynn Valley and there was a big sign at Lynn Valley and Mountain Highway like yeah. the main corner intersection there in the area I grew up in that had um, a big sign with a number that said new clinic opening taking new clients and you were like and I literally like pulled over and called and now I have this new family doctor that I guess I got now two years ago yeah. and she's so wonderful and nice oh, good. and she's like younger which I know is not everything it's not about like youth but like she's like 
so like knowledgeable like you said about like in no way was it weird like she did a routine pap smear like and checked off all the like usual checkup stuff in my first like going to see her yeah and it was like she was super inclusive in her language and the way she like spoke and asked questions and like there was no like awkwardness or shock about me being gay and like all these little things that like you it's easy to take for granted when you don't have to answer something against the grain of a way that the question is framed. Yeah. But when, like, as a queer person, it does just add to the already awkward experience of going to the doctor. And totally. so, like, those shifts in languages, like, she didn't assume my pronouns. She asked me for my pronouns. She, like, all these different things. Yeah. And I was like, this is just, like, just night and day from the experience I was getting before. Hey, Gabers, we're just going to take a quick break to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors, Care Of. I personally have been loving Care Of because it's helped me get back in the routine of putting my health first in a super easy and convenient way. So if you head to TakeCareOf.com, you take their online quiz and it has all sorts of questions about your diet and your lifestyle and your wellness goals. And it's going to give you a personally tailored vitamin plan for your unique health needs. Even better, these vitamins are going to arrive to your door with a contactless delivery. Um, They're individually wrapped for daily vitamins. So again, so easy to get into routine. Every day you have your individual little packet. You take those. So easy. I really like that these packets are compostable so you get to focus on your health while practicing a more eco-friendly mindset. If you want to try Care Of, you can get 50% off your first Care Of order by going to TakeCareOf.com and entering code EXPLAIN50. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code EXPLAIN50. Thank you so much to Care Of for sponsoring this podcast and, you know, supporting us and our queer content. We love them. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's so it's so wild because I think that going to the doctor is such you're in such like an intimate mm-hmm. circumstance. Yes. Like it's so like all layers of comfort are basically stripped from you. Yeah. So then to have a um have a situation that your back is basically up against the wall. You're so vulnerable. Like yeah. going to the doctor, you're so vulnerable. Yes. And then to have somebody that doesn't understand like the delicate nature yeah. of being queer. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure I'm not saying that, that I'm not ragging on all doctors. I'm absolutely sure that there's continued education for doctors based totally, on, you know, yeah. things constantly evolving, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't know if there's enough emphasis on sensitivity training on things like language, because I feel like doctors obviously stay up to date on procedures Mm -hmm. and how to approach things. Not all of them, obviously. (laughs) Um, uh, But I don't necessarily know if there is, you know, sensitivity training on pronouns and things like that, because Mm -hmm. I have had to answer some like lovely questions and I'm not trans. I'm not all these other things that are even like more sensitive at a doctor's office. Um, but yeah, I've had like I am so obviously gay, and yeah. I've had to be like I'm not having sex with women, like the, just yes. all these things, or like having to explicitly be like, yes, I have had anal sex, like, like oh, all these it's things. So or like one doctor asked, like I forget what it was, like something about why I hadn't given blood. 
And oh, I was like, God. oh, I I legally can't. Yeah. You don't want my the blood. Homophobia the homophobia um, It's kind of usually the homophobia that gets in the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So it's just like, it's, it's frustrating. And yeah, to be in a position that's so vulnerable already and yeah. then to have to explain things to somebody or to kind of dance around things mm-hmm. is so awkward. Oh, it's so awkward. Like when you go, everyone knows that experience. Uh, especially queer women when you're going for a pap smear and you get that string of questions that's like are you sexually active yes are you on a form of birth control no is there any way you could be pregnant no well if you're sexually active and not on birth control how are you sure you're not pregnant there should be you know one of those things that's like um uh like A or B. If not this, skip to this question. <laughs> like you know, there's to be some so sort of. We don't have to yeah. sit there and like say it or something. Yeah, I you don't should know. check. Like if gay, move to question fourteen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then it's like that awkward moment, especially for like years. I was going to walk-in clinics for pap smears because yeah. I didn't want to go to this nightmare bitch, nightmare <laughs> bitch doctor. Um and. I, yeah, you're just, like, constantly coming out. Like, I'm literally, like, we talk about on this podcast all the time how you're constantly coming out. There's yeah, another example. Absolutely. That I'm like, here I go. I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to come out to whatever random doctor I get today. Yeah. And obviously, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it is. There's that just that moment of, like, okay, I have to tell this person that I'm gay explicitly, and then they are going to have some form of response that I can't anticipate, but I'm going to be reading their facial expression. And, like, it's it just... It just and then it's always that like thought with the line of questions I'm like do I right away say it like if they're like oh like are you sexually active should gay. I say like yes gay. but in gay. gay in gay in gay I'm doing it in gay though yes <laughs> like do I do that or do I just like wait until yeah, the thing yeah like, I'll like, let you catch up don't worry <laughs> like, don't worry sweetie you got a few more questions before we get to the fun one <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird experience and it's also like you're here for a health reason yes and I wish it didn't uh, your uh, identity didn't mm-hmm. play a factor in that. Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, I'm here because I have a hemorrhoid. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it matter that I'm also a lesbian? <laughs> This one time I went to the doctor, this yeah. is like as I was becoming vegan, um, mm-hmm. I went to the doctor because I was having such bad stomach pain okay. that I literally was like, I'm dying. I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> I've died. End. I've passed on. Yeah. Like, it's the end for me. <laughs> I went to the doctor. Uh, it was so long. And yeah. then I eventually got in. It was a walk-in clinic. Like, I actually, I, I went to the hospital one time before this, but uh-huh. I went to a walk-in clinic. I was like, I'm dying. It was like an hour wait. I went in. He's like knocking around on my stomach and he's like, oh, like, do you hear that? And it was like really loud sounding. And then he just goes, so in my mind, I'm like, he knows what it is. He's yeah, hearing he it. It's like, he knows yeah. what it is. It's bad. It's super bad. It's so bad. And he just goes, it's gas. <laughs> Like, I had gas so bad that I went to the doctor because I thought I was dying. Okay. This is so funny. My sister might kill me for saying this, but she went to the hospital one time. I literally, I have been, because the time I had already been to the hospital and I went and the hospital was like, I did like a fucking x ray and shit. And they were like, nothing's wrong. And then I went to the clinic and they're like, you just got a fart wheel bad, dude. But it was because I was like incredibly allergic to dairy. Brooke thought, she, thought her appendix. Burst. I thought it was my appendix. I was like, I'm done. Because it gets it like was. trapped yeah. and it it was painful. How do they help it get out? Do you take like laxatives or something, or you just stick your ass in the air and hope for the best? I just stuck my ass in the air, yeah, in the waiting room <laughs> after. 
<laughs> and it's funny because I have downward ha- dog in the look, honestly. And I've had friends that have been like, I was, I honestly, in high school, had such a bad stomachache. I got sent home, and then I walked into my house, and I let the like fattest <laughs> fart rip, and it was all gone. <laughs> so that happened to me. Another time, I also sliced the end of my finger off. What? Yeah, on Pride weekend, no, like four years the worst ago. Time. Sliced the end of my That's finger. That's a hate crime. Absolutely. I was cutting green onions, and I sliced the end of my finger off. So I went to the clinic and was like, I sliced the end of my finger off. Should I be here, yes. clinic, or should I go to the hospital? Yes. And they were like, oh, just the end? Like, is it? And I was like, just a little piece of the <laughs> just end. The it's end. Just, the, uh, to- just the tip. Yeah. Um, just the tip. So she was like, oh, yeah, you can just come here. Yeah. I waited for two hours, <gasps> two hours with my friend. All these people are going ahead of me. Like and people, like, they're um, like, I have the flu, and like I have this, <laughs> like, and like people, people are finger. like, I'm just here for like my sinuses. All these people are passing me. I am covered in blood. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm holding my <laughs> finger this entire time. I get in the weirdest doctor I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> the he's asking, he's asking me if I like want something to eat. He's like, I have like a protein bar. I was supposed to eat it at my lunch break, but I didn't get it. Like, Maybe he thought you the amount of blood loss. Probably. So then I take carry I point. take my finger oh like I move the bandage and he just goes, You sat in the waiting room for two hours with this? He's like, You should have been at the front of the line. You should have gone to the hospital. <laughs> My God! Let me see your finger. Did it's it grow like back? it grew back. Yeah. Oh my God! I, I love that. Video. I'll show you the picture of it if you want. It's real gnarly. Oh, I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah. My concern is why were you having green onions at Pride? Like, what were you prepping? I, I, sorry, I wanted a healthy treat. <laughs> <laughs> no another another time, I was running to my tutor. Uh huh. In like grade nine, and I was running past a drive. I was going to get the bus oh to go to my God. tutor. I was running down a hill. Oh, my God. Running past a driveway, and they had one of those driveways that is the asphalt, but <laughs> oh, okay. the, like, slick black asphalt. Yeah. And they were watering their garden okay. or washing their car or something. So I slipped on the water on their slick driveway oh and fell into their garbage bags that were just sitting <laughs> on belong. the side of the road. Yeah, and I just blended right in. <laughs> um, and so I got up and was like, oh, shit, like, that was wild and I kept running and I was waiting at the um, corner of the road to cross the street to get on the bus and I swung my hand forward and there was a drop of blood in the street that I saw and I was like whose is that and then I looked down and both of my hands were bleeding and both of my knees and I was just profusely bleeding out of one hand oh so what I think happened was I fell into like a bag that had like broken glass, glass or something oh or like God. metal because I sliced I still have a, a scar there one of these oh, um, my God. so I sliced the palm of my hand open yeah and it was like literally a flap ew and oh so I was going. I feel lightheaded. I'm gonna, yeah, trigger warning, blood. This. Um, so <laughs> I was going to my tutor, and then I was gonna go stay at my friend's house for a sleepover after. So yeah. I had a backpack with books and like things to change into. Okay. So I sat on the corner of the road and tied boxers around my hand because I was just bleeding. And this mother was driving by in her van and she like fast and furious like like, swung her van around and was like, get in! 
in. And I literally got in this stranger's <laughs> van, and she drove me to the same clinic that I had the green onion incident at. No. And this time, I went in, and I was waiting in the waiting room, like, prepared uh-huh. to wait. And all the people were like, you need to go ahead of us. Oh, my God. You so. should have, like, flounced your green onion finger around I should have. And the guy was like, why Let didn't you bring know. the end? Oh. And I was like, I was in a little bit of a rush, babe. To just pick up I was, the little end. Yeah, he was like, why didn't you bring the little end with you? What would he have done? Like, stitched it on? Stitched it on, yeah. That and said he kind of had to, like, stitch the whole clothes. Okay, what I need to know is, did you go out after this? I did go out after, yeah. Shut up. I did. Okay, and well, I literally like asked him, can I drink after this? Uh-huh. And my friend Alyssa was there. She could vouch for all of this. Yeah. First of all, he was the weirdest person I've ever met. <laughs> um, and I said, can I go out after this? And he said, I don't recommend you drinking after this. And I said, not recommend or can't. And yeah. he said, not recommend. And I was like, if I drink, will I be okay? And he's like, yeah, just try to drink a little bit less because you've lost a lot of blood. <laughs> you just, you're just like a one ounce away from a blood transfusion. Like, honest, but I, I was like, okay, like be real with me. I'm planning yes. to drink after this. Will I die? Yeah. He's like, I, as a doctor, cannot recommend <laughs> yes. you do that, but yeah. you'll probably be okay. <laughs> and you're like, that's all and I, I was need like, to that's hear. The end. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. That's where I need it. <laughs> oh my god. So that god. was a good one, yeah. You know what? Like, as crazy as all these doctor experiences are, and I think, like, for anyone growing up in, you know, going through puberty, going through the lack of sex ed systems and like hoping to find safe spaces with doctors and sometimes not, um, as I did in, in my experience. Yeah. Um, that's hard for anybody, but like queer folks, it just brings this whole other level because also you just don't even know necessarily what to ask for. It goes like, it's like anything we talk about. It's just that added layer. Yeah. You know, it's that added, like, I have to come out to that person. Or, like, in the case of a family doctor, like, I know myself, I wouldn't have come out to my family doctor or asked about sex ed out of As fear a... that, that she would have told my parents oh. or, like, let something slip. And, like, you have a very open mm-hmm. and, like, inviting and accepting family. Yeah. But there are tons of people that share a family doctor that aren't out to their family and don't have a family that is yeah. accepting. It would be unsafe if they're Yeah, so it's like you're being vulnerable go. with this doctor, but yeah. then are you also disclosing something that could 
blow up your whole family relationship. Totally. It's yeah. crazy. It's like this whole added layer. Uh, we have a friend, Sean's friend, who I met through Sean, that's in um, <laughs> medical school. Well, my friend too, but I hate being like, we have a friend. Sean's and friend, like, who I met through Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being like, yeah, I was just waiting for you to clock me and be like, that's my friend. Right. That you, that's, do not yeah. claim them. <laughs> they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in medical school. And it's cool because a few times that I've spoke to them about um, their experience like they've started a queer like lgbtq plus like yeah. doctors club um that's totally not what it's called they'll probably <laughs> message yeah. me after like it's not called the queer <laughs> doctors not, club please stop it <laughs> i'm picturing like the babysitters club yeah. doctors are <laughs> soon to be doctors i guess but like even just like that little step something that like totally. wasn't established or there before for people to talk about um things that need to change in the medical field and how you intake clients and how you ask about uh, pronouns and gender and sex and like all these different things that are very new in the medical space that yep. all these doctors that have been practicing for you know 10 20 30 plus years did not have access to that sort of information and are at varying levels maybe not be willing to adjust yeah um so it's cool to or don't, hear yeah don't want to at all or don't want yeah. to so it's cool to hear from someone who is queer and is in medical school saying that that is at least a conversation yeah and like something that they want to bring into their practice and i'm hopeful that like anything that will continue to get better as that all these new doctors that graduate that all have the had doctors in the workplace it's honestly true though as soon as the workplace gets more saturated with more queer people People. those those conversations can evolve and i think there are so many conversations that are necessary and important Mm -hmm. that when they do start evolving it has such a big trickle down effect totally you know you know what i've thought about that i want to start is and i just don't know what platform would be the best for it or how to go about it only fans (laughs) yeah <laughs> I really I'm, yeah, I want my pussy out. <laughs> Mask on pussy yeah. out. Um, no, I've thought about this the other day because I actually had, um, which I've had now a few times, someone reach out to me particularly because they knew that I am LGBTQ plus friendly. It was another realtor in um, another province in Canada yep. that was giving me a referral of their clients that they that are moving to Vancouver and they were like hey I reached out to a few offices asking if they knew if they had any LGBTQ plus realtors because my clients specifically asked for LGBTQ plus friendly realtors and you were recommended like can I set up a meeting with you and them well because some houses also have like straight vibes (laughs) you know you can't be going to those Oh, my God. So, yeah, I was like, absolutely. And it made me think it's like so true. Like a lot of my clients have said to me, even if it's not as explicitly said like it was there, that it was like they're looking for a queer realtor. Yeah. They've said to me after working with me, oh, it was nice to feel like I, we didn't have to have that extra conversation of like, yes, we're two women who showed up. And yes, we are not sisters or best friends buying this apartment together. We yeah. are a couple. And like just that extra little hoop that you kind of don't know if you're walking into a meeting with a mortgage broker or a realtor or a doctor or like any professional really, yeah. how, how they're going to react or how they're going to perceive the situation. Um, and it made me think about how um, there's not really a place, because I searched for it, at least in for Vancouver, that's, like, 
somewhat of a resource of like a bunch of different industries and people that are queer in those industries where you could call. Right. Like I feel like that sort of catalog would be so useful to people. Totally. Like if you could go to a website that was like queerprofessionalsvancouver.com and be like, okay, here's all our accountants that are not just LGBTQ plus, like here's a list that's LGBTQ plus friendly. Here's LGBTQ plus identifying. Yeah. And like that for every industry, like yeah. an accountant, mortgage brokers, doctors, whatever. Because it's funny. Cause you don't really have to go that out of the way to get a, a queer interior designer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, for, your, that for your industry. Yeah. It's like, that, that page is miles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but cause I would use that as a resource. Absolutely. Just to not have to have that extra like conversation. Yeah. I would a hundred percent use that as a resource. Even me, like th- I've been thinking about getting a, I have an accountant for real estate, but getting an accountant to help me with uh, taxes for like more social media stuff. Yeah. And I've thought about it and I've gone to the point of like being about to like email someone and I'm like, I have to tell them that how I'm making this money is making these videos and then they're going to click on my, like their videos and they're like, which is stupid. Like who cares? It's already out there in the public. Yeah. But I just like, I feel weird being totally. like, this is how I make money on social media. They're going to, I know they're going to ask like, Oh, what do you post about? And it's yeah. like just that extra thing. I also want to like validate people that, <laughs> find it so daunting that they mm-hmm. are avoiding getting a new doctor or going to yeah. the doctor or all these things because it's awful it is so daunting just from a, a healthcare perspective yes. to go to the doctor or to go to the dentist or any of these things like i mm-hmm. have a crippling fear of the dentist yeah i literally hate the dentist yeah, i had like a Julia. terrible d- a dental experience one time yeah. and it literally haunted me yeah so the other day i went to the dentist again for like the first time in like a year mm-hmm. or more or something and that was like Huge I was for you I was putting it off for weeks. Yes. So there, I'm sure there are a lot for of weeks. Ye- you put it off? You mean like years? Uh, well, yes. But oh, when I when oh. I started the ball started moving, moving, first I was putting it off by avoiding it. It wasn't even part. I'm of, like, you did pretty good no. if you just put it off. No, for weeks. first it was not even a conversation, conversation. going on. Yes. Then I needed to amp myself up. Then I, you know, looked up yeah. some phone numbers. Then it yeah. was, it was yeah. a whole thing. So, and I'm sure there are a lot of young queer people that are avoiding going to the doctor for yeah. a lot of maybe necessary things yeah. because they don't want to be in that uncomfortable situation 100%. as a patient and as a queer patient. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know you're not alone in that. Yeah. And yeah, huge empathy to people that are like living at home with parents that maybe aren't accepting and going to a doctor or going to a local therapist. That's another thing. Like, oh, yeah. My f- friend posted the other day on their story because they're a registered therapist and they posted um, a story which I thought was very thought provoking that the understanding that therapy is inherently biased is completely wrong yeah. because it, it would be impossible and they were saying even for themselves to be a unbiased therapist totally because depending on your political views what you think is right and wrong like what are you steering people away or towards you yeah. know what I mean like so which I do, sorry to cut you no. off, but I do think that is, this is not sponsored at all, no. but um, places like Inkblot and yeah. BetterHelp and things totally. like that that I have used, mm-hmm. I do think that is one huge yes, benefit of uh, online therapy yes. because of the questionnaire process. And exactly. they literally ask you, 
uh, like, is it important that yeah. your doctor or that your therapist has, you know, uh, perspective, like queer perspective? Yes. Is it all these things? Is it re- Are you religious? It, but, like, you know, all yeah. these different things. So it's like they're asking you the questions without you having to be like, oh, well, I would like a queer therapist. That's and then true. I, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, that's a great resource for that yeah. reason. Because things like doctors, therapists, and the, depending on where you live, depending on your local area, depending on what your family recommends, like, that might be something that is actually like not helpful at all or yeah. scary because they are like closely connected to your inner community that you maybe are not comfortable coming out with. Yeah. So it's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going to the doctor, not fun. I got to no. go back actually. But I think to end this off, mm-hmm. sometimes you might think that you're dying, but it's just gas. <laughs> that is inspiration. It's not your appendix. You just got to fart real hard. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of people this happens to. No, it's like, so common. The fact that now, like, like I think you're like maybe the third or fourth person that I know that this is like they've gone to the hospital. Yeah. For it. <laughs> for bad gas. Yeah. Like that must happen on the daily. They're like, oh, got another. Yeah, got another gassy gal. <laughs> got another gassy gay in here. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, wherever you're listening, thanks so much. Make sure to follow um, and subscribe. Also, rate us five stars only, please. It really means the world to us. We cannot say this enough if you rate our podcast um, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Usually there's a star rating or something along those lines. It really helps us out. You can also go follow us on TikTok at I Can Explain Podcast and on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. And if you click the link in the bio, there's a link to our Patreon as well as our merch. And until next time, we will see you around the neighborhood. Or the doctor's office. (laughs) Oh my god.